Welcome to the Polymer Science Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Alicia Bootes, and I have a PhD in Chemistry and Polymer Science. In this podcast, we'll be speaking to researchers from around the world and talk to them about how their work is improving our daily lives. I hope you enjoy our conversation and that you learn something new. Today we are speaking with Dr. Bhavani Chirukapati about low-cost removal for bacteria and oil from wastewater. Dr. Pavani received her PhD in Mechanical Engineering from Toronto and is currently working as a researcher at the Imperial College of London. I personally met Pavani at a conference in Cancun in Mexico. We were the only two scientists there speaking about wastewater removal using low-cost nanocomposite polymers. We kept in touch and it was such a pleasure to have her on this podcast. Wastewater treatment is a topic that's very close to our hearts and it affects everybody. It is important to me that we keep discussing these topics and issues so that we can find solutions to the problems and improve our quality of life. So I really hope that you enjoy this talk. Hi. Hi, Alicia. How are you? <laughs> I am good. <laughs> so good to hear you. Nice <laughs> we we last like spoke face to face in Cancun, right? In 2006. 2016 or 2017 yeah I yeah. think it was 2017. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no but I remember the first time like when I when I met you when you approached me the first thing I thought was um wow this is like a confident woman she really has her, her stuff together and she's like a go-getter so I thought that the moment I like thought of and the next person I wanted to interview for this podcast was you <laughs> and when I saw you were <laughs> and when I saw you were working on uh, you know, f- uh, sponges for bacteria removal. I was like, yeah, this is something we really need to talk about because <laughs> a lot of people are, are being are gaining interest in our water and the quality of our water and how to remove and treat dangerous pollutants within our water that we need to drink. You know, yeah. so I thought like this is something we need to start bringing to the public so that they can actually listen and learn more about it. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I also remember your work about heavy metals. Exactly. Yeah, so this is something I'm really interested in. Yeah, that's why <laughs> no, I, I came and introduced myself to you. Finally, I met someone. <laughs> someone in the world who's as passionate as, as me about like water, heavy metals. And I wanted uh-huh. to work on heavy metals, but still I couldn't get a chance like, to yes, work Yes, I remember. It. Yeah. Yes, the project you talked about with uh, in uh, was it about soil pollutants, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It is like yeah, removing that... heavy metals from the soil is most difficult one. Yes. Yeah, like no, because water as well, like water as well, but it is relatively more simpler. But with the yes. soil, it's much harder. It will be, and uh, it's also like a very relevant problem because that can uh, get into our actual vegetables and our you know produce that we then. Mm-hmm you know, yeah. directly affects us when we eat it. So, and it's yeah. actually the studies that have been shown about it accumulating in, in the vegetation, it's actually real. It's not something that, you know, is just made up to scare people. Actually, I was just reading about the bacteria and whatever the bacteria like that causes 
diseases like via water and air that also actually infect infects plants too and we end up eating those wow. plants oh wow <laughs> i came to know that like yesterday like while i was doing my literature review Sure. Yeah, you've been working on quite a few projects. It's not not just the sponges with the bacteria removal. So mm. that's why the questions I'm going to ask is quite a. It's focusing mostly on the the newest work that you've been working on, but uh, it's also going to go a little bit to the other some of mm. the other things that you have worked on before. Because I feel yeah. all those work is being connected with sponges. You know, like you. Yes. You've kind of found a way of solving every problem. with something as simple as a sponge so that's quite unique thank you yes i was uh, happy to talk about other projects today all are interconnected as you mentioned I, it's fascinating actually the more i'm talking up with people uh, even people like uh, that works in uh, medicine you can actually find ways that polymer science has a little bit of a important role in each field material science isn't just a thing on its own it it kind of finds its little way into every field and makes itself an important feature in that project um before we start i'm just curious how was the traveling from canada to the uk oh my with the lockdown God. <laughs> <laughs> it is i think like while i was going from here i was like using british airways which is like lot oh. more conservative Okay. Uh, in terms of like social distancing, enforcing like these masks, and oh, like, yes. people are like very well trained. So like they made sure like even the people were panicking. So we were everybody was leaving from here. Like mm-hmm. the day I went, actually Prime Minister suddenly announced that we are closing the border tonight, and oh, I was wow. like, I was. immediately like soon after i woke up I, this is the news i was looking at yo yeah, that's <laughs> terrifying immediately i went to airport and like there were so many people everybody was trying to go to canada and suddenly us also closed like uh, their border so oh, <laughs> that day that day we did not had our air canada flights directly which usually take us to home through us and us people like closed us so like we had nowhere to go but british airways luckily their flight was there which is up by toronto yeah but wow they managed this panic people so well but while coming back it is not and I, i wouldn't say it was a, it is a great it is a good experience but not as great as while i was going oh you yeah yeah i wanted to know cuz i have no idea how it is to travel at the moment oh, with that's south good. africa that's good but um okay so the first thing i want to ask you um so just for the people who are now for the first time listening and uh, finding out about polymer science what is the current issues around wastewater treatments and uh, the water scarcity and clean water availability in the world and why are you looking into this specific topic for water treatments so like uh, mainly i look into like i i come from india which where we have like uh, water scarcity and also like a heavily polluted water my state is like a more agriculture based state it used to be at least I... so as a result we rely a lot on the rains because for oh, our crops yeah. however like when i was young like we experienced like i think over 10 years of uh, drought 
and wow. we couldn't get any agriculture going on in the state and many of the farmers were committing suicide which had like a strong impact on my on me while growing up but at the same time we also have this polluted river in my city and while i go to my school like i used to take bus from near this river and which is extremely contaminated there are like because of that there are so many mosquitoes and malaria is a common fever in our neighborhood these things yes. are like, which like these two aspects like motivated me a lot like one side like we don't have water to drink and we would wait like for one one week or three to one three days to one week to get a tap water and on the other hand yeah and the other hand we have this polluted river in the middle of the city which nobody cares about oh my Actually, goodness yeah these experiences have motivated me to work on the water treatment yes well that's like the best motivation like wow actually yeah. i i didn't even realize that that has and it has such an impact on in in the various types of ways like not just physically just on your health as the scarcity of drinking water but like on the food produce people's mental health you know the whole is a chain reaction i guess once you started in that topic you realized you probably realized that this is not a, pro- a problem that's just specifically for your country it's actually kind of happening everywhere right even in first world countries water scarcity is actually a problem and water treatment is um, not always good enough and the treatments that are currently available are actually taking more out of the water than people require you know that there's actually minerals crucial minerals and vitamins being removed from the water from purified water that's uh, actually leaving people magnesium deficient and uh, not as well off as they would have been you know <laughs> so treating the water in a, in a more natural and and uh, cost efficient way why not let's find a better way to do it and in in my country as well like uh, um south africa we have the same issue like i what you just mentioned i feel a lot of people will associate with what you're saying like there are towns uh, that are like few meters away from a estate a estate that's well off and has running water and everything is you know as it should be and then just a few meters from that there is a ta- there's townships with people that have to go and walk um kilometers to get fresh water and uh, you know there's no running water within their house and there's wastewater collecting outside in the streets where the children are playing so yeah it's a uh, very close to the heart you know and it's crucial yes, for people's future uh what devices and treatments are currently being used other than sponges and the the treatments that you have been working on like there are like um, over 30 plus water technologies available for us right now to yes. water like these technologies can be divided into three categories primary secondary and tertiary tertiary mm-hmm. the most advanced treatment method like ozonation uv treatment primary is more like sedimentation gravity separation those ones and secondary like maybe membrane filtration those ones okay yeah awesome um, uh, uh so uh, these these treatments are they uh, also are they are they cost effective or are there any disadvantages to them like we do have like as i said like they have like 30 plus technologies but the challenge with them is they are too expensive 
and the problems i was looking into is like a more like uh, in terms of industry i was looking into crude oil contaminated water and mm-hmm. for that this membrane or electrochemical separation methods or uv treatment they are not practically viable like they are too expensive uh, yes still like uh, this membrane filtration is used but because of the membranes get organic falling that's why like they are not preferred like right now oil industry what they do is like they are trying to use these gravity separators ah yes but, but those gravity separators are not efficient enough to remove tiny oil droplets from the water that's way to cut the cost of treatment not not just the cut the cost of treatment because it is too expensive like in canadian oil industry what they have done are not just canada all over the world where like this mm-hmm. oil extraction processes are going on because of this lack of cost effective treatment methods what industry has started is they have started digging ponds and storing water in those ponds ah okay that's wow. the reason now in canada we have like 1 trillion over 1 trillion liters of oil contaminated wastewater but same <sighs> in the middle east as well they have like a millions of liters of water or billions of liters of water produced water Whew, incredible so so that is why you looked into a simple sponge as trying to get that to be a solution for this oil droplet treatments right yes so you developed the sponge now for water purification but why exactly did you look specifically for um to a sponge for this type of treatments so like when I, uh well basically i came across this sponges because of my phd supervisor he's a more of a like a, he's a polymer processing person and All that right. was a Uh, specializes in producing these polymer foams but that's like the initial plan was they will fabricate the material and i'm actually a mechanical designer and i'm mm-hmm. supposed to develop a device to use these foams uh, and like how to implement them for water treatment oh and, yes yeah initially when i started that was my role but in the lab like the other students couldn't figure out how to design the material because they oh. did not had like idea about how to tackle this oil droplets in the first place looking to a sponge actually makes quite sense since if you look at a sponge and you put it in water it absorbs water very easily yes so that would be the best um candidate for a water treatment application how did you decide on the materials that you were going to use for the sponge so like uh, i had my masters in like uh, automotive paint side like my masters project was on uh, like uh, it is for general motors what they were trying to look into is like they were trying to replace organic based paints with water based paints and the challenge okay. of organic based paints is it releases a lot of uh, volatile hydrocarbons into the air actually mm-hmm. automotive paint industry is the largest producer of solvents like which releases into the air oh wow okay so like sure. for them i was studying into like uh, how materials behave inside the water like what if like what if we have this uh, like because i was looking into water based paints i was oh yes yeah so this water based paints their problem is actually bubbles entrapment like in organic paints we don't have bubbles entrapment 
So I was trying okay. to compare these two materials with super hydrophobic surfaces. Oh, right. Okay. So you were so, trying to like find a way of entrapping the oils within the sponge. Actually, what, what I saw is like how bubbles behave with hydrophobic and hydrophilic surfaces under the water. Oh, yes. okay. And what I noticed is like I was doing experiments and I noticed like even the hydrophobic and hydrophilic materials are quite contrary, but air bubbles would behave the same way at certain point. Okay. And when I was doing my PhD project, I could able to bring that background to my project, my PhD project. In this case, why with the oil droplets, the same thing was happening. Like actually a hydrophobic and hydrophilic materials shouldn't behave the same. But, oh, wow. Yeah. But depending on the water chemistry condition, the mm -hmm. both surfaces, one supposed to repel and other surface supposed to attach. But at yes. certain water chemistry conditions, like these both surfaces can attach oil droplets. Oh, Depending wow. That, I brought in like a chemistry to the sponges that helped me to choose a appropriate sponge material like polyurethane. Okay. Yeah. That's so interesting. So um, you decided on polyurethane, you said? Yes. Okay, and any other type of materials that were a good candidate or just polyurethane? Uh, I evaluated different types like uh, polypropylene, PTFE based PP, and, wow. and also then none of them worked really well. But okay. then I came across uh, polyester based polyurethane. Oh, yes. is, is that just? Like also polyester and polyurethane is commonly used in, in like normal household sponges, correct? Yes, yes. It is kind so of... That's actually so... Yeah. That's great. So it's, it's very common and, and actually very cheap then, considering, yes. you know? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so over the course of your uh, research, you decided or you realized that polyurethane was going to be the best material for the, for the job? Yes. For this specific okay. application that I was looking into, it had most of the chemistry, pre-existing chemistry in it. That's why I okay. asked it, yes. It is also derived from petrochemicals and we are dealing oh, yeah. with petroleum. Yeah, like that's like mm -hmm. both are like from the same class. That's why it is easier to use them to capture oil droplets. Oh, perfect. Um, but so did you look at any natural polymers during your uh, search for the perfect candidate? I haven't yet. But I am interested in looking into natural polymers like cellulose, PLA. I wanted to use these bio-based materials as well. But so far, like what I have seen in the literature, like synthetic polymers are much more stable, especially oh, in, right. water. Yeah, in the water. There is a biodegradation probability is more on, inside the water with salinity, harsh chemical environment. Yeah. No, yeah, that is true. The mm -hmm. natural polymers will definitely not hold its own very for very long in extreme yeah. conditions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially if the water is um, flowing very rapidly or anything like that, yes. it could definitely not withstand that force. Um, no, or it needs to be reinforced at least then with something else. Yes, yeah. Yeah. However, I'm keeping my eye on it. Like I think, like there is a lot of work is going on in making biopolymers more stable. Have you looked at chitosan um, as a 
a possible material as well no i haven't personally but i do review for carbohydrate mm. followers because and i yes. keep my eye on what is going on with uh, kytosan like a lot of composites are developing and i'm like uh, keeping in touch with that material i'm following yes. that material very closely i want to bring oh, my research if you have if you can actually get natural polymers to do the job of a synthetic polymer that will be the best thing but uh, it's get, it's getting that stuff reinforced and strong enough to actually you know do the task and uh, be viable for long term use that's going to be the trick i think certainly it, is, it has like a very strong very high potential in exactly. making our society more greener we do need chitosan yes. yeah i know chitosan for instance it's being discarded at fisheries and harbors like on a daily basis you know it's just accumulating in waste at you know normal fisheries and normal harbors uh, because yeah. it's like crab shells and things like that that not it's not really getting used again so mm. that gets it kind of helps with the whole recycling and reusing process as well so but yeah. um yeah i would love so, to work in that area with that material <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no it is it's awesome to work with a material that has so, so much potential it keeps the options open <laughs> yes <laughs> um how do the performance of a natural polymer based sponge compare to materials like polyurethane sponges have you read anything about that uh where they compare a sponge like a a polymer based such as chitosan or cellulose based sponge and then compare that to a synthetic sponge i personally haven't done the experiment what i do is i look into product specifications for example yes. what is its thermal stability like for my application i was looking into this crude oil contaminated water which okay. is like extremely like a chemically harsh environment its temperatures are like very high or extremely low mm-hmm. and like uh, it needs to have very high mechanical and chemical integrity to its structure and yeah we need more certain like a morphological structure as well okay uh, keep so keep in mind and if i want to use for example tomorrow in the field what kind of a material i would need based on that i choose materials and when i i looked into biomaterial uh, bio based materials it's not like i haven't looked into but when mm. i was looking into the tga like thermogrammetric analysis thermal stability it is like yes. a quite, it is not comparable at all synthetic polymers still is still on the yes still on which is where that makes total sense yes um is there someone that has looked into removing oils specifically with a poly a a natural polymer yes sponge yes i have seen seen papers with pla and cellulose all right how do they compare just specifically with the absorption part uh absorption is mostly depends on the morphology of the material it is not okay. about the bulk properties so as long as we can achieve certain pore size porosity then we can have very high uptake capacity similarly if we change the surface chemistry we can have high selectivity that's not a problem with the biopolymers they can perform that but it is the mechanical and thermal integrity the structural stability with solvents yes. mechanical forces thermal forces that's the problem yeah. the mechanical pro- bulk properties is the issue yeah no yeah 
So in, in, in key, they can actually perform, but in the real world, they'll still not be viable as an option yet. Oh, for example, uh, packaging, food packaging, we can use biomaterials. They're like, we don't care, like we don't need the material to stay live long mm. in, in a harsh environment. So for food packaging, biomaterials are the best materials. Yes, okay. Uh, so polyurethane um, is commonly used, like we've, it's, we've established now that it's commonly used as a sponge in normal households uh, mm. as the abrasive side usually. Um, and then you've got the polyester, which is the soft side. So that's mm. just for people who are not really science-based or don't really know anything about polymer science. Um, so that's just a very interesting fact. I think a lot of people don't realize that they have a sponge is actually a polymer and it's actually something that's something so simple like a polyurethane and a polyester is now being used for treating the water and for removing bacteria and for removing oil and all that stuff. You would not believe it. It's actually incredible. Um, you've mentioned now that you, you will modify, if you have modified a sponge to um, you know, perform even better and for better adsorption and uh, for the for, to improve the chemistry, right? Yeah. How did you do that? So, like, uh, I actually like uh, what happens is like oil droplets, like the sponge already has pre existing chemistry, which is like uh, it has like about 80 90 percent of the properties as it is in place. But okay. what happens is in real world conditions, these oil droplets in the water, the water chemistry can be broad, like diverse pH, salinity conditions, different types of salts. So like all these water chemistries can change the interfacial properties of the oil droplets. So okay. to capture these oil droplets, we need to have the sponge surface also like conform to these properties. But like as is polyurethane sponge alone cannot achieve uh, droplets attachment in a broad range of conditions. For that reason, we need to tailor the sponge. And I ended up uh, collaborating with a chemistry group at University of Toronto. What they have done is they developed this, uh, uh, this is a nanochemistry lab where they functionalize the nano, they synthesize the nanomaterials and they develop uh, synth synthesis uh, methods to All make right. materials yeah. and functionalize them with the different carbon groups or amine groups, charge groups like that. And okay. Yeah, because that's the the active sites that's going to be involved in the absorption. Yes, exactly. All right. So, so the active yeah. sites that you're focusing on is the amine group specifically, correct? Uh, I need both. Like, uh, if I take you back to my master's project, I was talking about this hydrophobic and hydrophobic. Oh, yes. So the hydrophobic one is the more alkyl groups, and the hydrophilic ones are amine groups. I could bring right. to this project. And uh, polyurethane already had these amine groups, but was lacking like uh, the number of alkyl groups were fewer. That's what I was trying to supply with the help of chemist. Okay. Yes. So do you, uh, do you know the process of how they were making the sponge, uh, like just the porosity and the structure of the sponge? How did they went about the actual manufacturing of the sponge? Uh, actually, I was using commercial sponges. So like oh, okay. Oh, wow. So literally, 
you bought them from the store yes yes i, told them. I, bought, I bought them with uh, uh, from a local vendor <laughs> i did not know what i could what i did is like i could able to connect the dots actually the sponge can solve this problem i could see that's, the connection between them oh that's brilliant pavani i i love it. <laughs> i can't believe it <laughs> oh, thank you thank you and wow and the chemist had this method for functionalizing this uh, nano silicon with hydroxylation method which is a very well established method for functionalizing the silicon with the alkyl groups okay and what wow. we need to do is just like uh, uh, we need to take a nano suspension and dip the sponge in it and remove it and bake it then like anneal it then okay. it becomes the materials yeah Brilliant. So, what now? When you get to the process of actually, you know, testing it for its um, properties. So, once you place it into the water, the the polluted water, how long does this absorption process take? How how long before you start seeing a result? It, it depends on like what type of contamination we have. If we have the surface oh, yes. oil at the surface, it takes only few seconds to five minutes to remove all the oil. Okay. But wow. if we have very small, tiny droplets, like ten microns or smaller, and if they are very well deposited oh. inside the water, then I need to pump it through the sponge. And so far, like the one I have done, like like the one is like it takes ten minutes for over ninety percent removal. But the remaining ten percent removal takes like uh, the remaining like one to two hours of time. And that's just because of the interaction with the sponge that decreases, right? Yes. The contact. Yes. yes. So, how does the um, pH of the water affect the efficiency of the oil? Like, just for people who are not quite understanding the um, the chemistry of it, with the the functionalized sponge. Yes. So I will try. I will give my best shot here. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get some chemistry to like so uh, what happens is like water is h2o molecule right two hydrogen mm -hmm. one oxygen like all right but water molecule everybody thinks h2o is like stable as it is but it is not true what happens is water continuously goes through this dissociation the water mm. molecules dissociate like to h plus ion and oh minus ion so if okay. we have more h plus ions like what water is more acidic if we have more oh minus ions it is more basic yes. when these ions are split where where are they going like they have to go somewhere right where they go is like if i have a oil droplet in the water this uh, h plus ion or oh minus ion will come and stick to the water droplet surface so you will have on droplets on the surface you have all these charges accumulated around it so if we have acidic uh, water then we have more positive charges on them if we have basic ph then we have more negative charges on the droplet so the sponge because it is also petrochemical it also has mm -hmm. simple surface groups as the oil droplet but there is a, like a, a switch like a fulcrum do you, you call the kids play like seesaw oh yeah 
Yeah. So like that, like that, the point, the triangle in the middle, that is called mm -hmm. for us. It is like called a point of zero charge. Depending on that, like the, the way material takes net positive and net negative charge, it changes. Okay. So like awesome. the polyurethane sponge also behaves exactly like oil droplets, but the pH where it switches between positive and negative is different from the oil droplet because these two are like different sizes. Like okay. one, one heavy kid, one light kid, let's say. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so, so depending on that, uh, this the this the fulcrum point changes. So what we can do is we can take advantage of that and we can invoke a pH where they both are completely opposite to each other. Cool. That's when they both attach to each other. So like I was kept optimizing that point in my research, like how to get this attachment more and more into diverse conditions. Oh yes, and yeah, and then it kind of performs at its optimum. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you for the explanation. Uh, so just getting to the, after you now remove the oil, uh, how easy is it to remove the oil from the sponge to reuse that sponge? Yes, so like there are two things. One is like if we have like a lot of surface oil and if the oil is stored inside the pores, it is very easy. Like for example, like when you take a sponge and put it in the water and squeeze it in, you can remove all that water. Okay. So it is as easy as that. However, so the water, the water will be purified and the oil will stay behind. So it's as easy as that. It it, it is. Okay. Uh, like practically, but not completely hundred percent. In terms of like oil droplets, if we have tiny droplets, they just stick to the sponge surface and they don't come out. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah, because they have like a strong adhesion bond with that. In that case, I need to use a displacement solvent where like the crude oil would be dissolved more readily in a solvent rather than sticking to the sponge. All right. Use that one, then it is a spontaneous process. Okay, and then you can actually reuse that sponge. It will be uh, yes. clean enough for another session. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, are there any uh, limited amounts of reuses that the sponge can undergo? So far, I have te tested 10 cycles, and for 10 cycles, I did not see any decline in the reusability. Wow. So you, do you feel like it can be used for even more times than just 10? Yes, yes. Wow, that's that awesome. So how would you go about upscaling the sponge and making it perhaps available in normal households? If it's possible, do you think it might actually be used in normal households for people that have um, water treatment issues that they need to solve themselves? Yes, yes. Like, although I was looking into industrial scale, but I am also interested in bringing it to the normal people, like uh, yeah. the low and medium income countries where they can take care of themselves by treating water, like the, to support this concept of net zero economy. Yeah. Where, yeah, like, because sustainable cities, like sustainable urban development, where like yes. are self-sufficient to take care of themselves. So I want to bring the sponge filters to that level, like where people can use it for hygiene purposes. That's why yeah. my Rwanda project with the bacteria is like geared towards that, where mm. people can use it at a domestic level to clean 
uh, to produce clean water at least to take shower or yes. other grey water applications where we don't need this ultra clean technologies yes no because um i was just thinking like for instance uh, like the townships i've mentioned like if you just have uh, the person have a canister of water that they collected from the river uh, mm. if you can just like drop a sponge into that and then you 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 can feel more comfortable uh, comfortable about your children drinking that water great you got the concept yeah and <laughs> so you... work together <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's an incredible thing. Um, it, it it shocks me how how easily this problem can be solved. <laughs> you know, it, um, it's not as simple as uh, we're probably making it sound. Like it, you know, there's a lot of hard work that went into it and years and years of research. But um, getting to the end of it and how easily this product is used and how how quickly it it resolves the problem of oil removal from the water. So just moving on, like I mentioned, your previous you have a lot of other projects that you also focused on, and um, one of them was also nanocomposite sponges, but for the removal of bacteria specifically. Yeah. Um, these sponges that you uh, use are they the same materials that are used for the oil removal, right? Uh, yes, and <laughs> I have started using the same sponge for bacteria as well, but. So as i move along what i'm finding is like bacteria is like not 100% similar to oil droplets so i need to like uh, and also the requirements oh yeah uh, water chemistries are different so i need to change the type of polymers but which type oh. i don't know the answer yet yeah because you don't want mm -hmm. to introduce something that's uh, also toxic to people Yes. So it's going to be interesting. So what type of um are you considering any other additional polymers to your sponge perhaps that might uh, help with the properties? Actually for this case I'm thinking about biopolymers. Aha, uh -huh, yeah, because, that makes sense. Because the river water is not like in this case like for the bacteria I'm looking into like uh, developing the material for Rwanda. It is for the government of Rwanda. Okay. And and they have this, uh, as you mentioned before, like what is going on in the South Africa, where like from the river water, people go like a kilometers distance, bring yeah. the water from the rivers, and but they're not even clean. It's the same with uh -huh. Rwanda, like the city of Kigali is rapidly developing, like people call it as a Singapore of Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it is rapidly undergoing urbanization and industrialization, however. Mm -hmm. Some of the communities that live along the river, they don't have access to municipal water, but they have to rely on this water, the river water, because sure. they don't have access to municipal water. But at the same time, like from industries, all the wastewater is discharged into this same river. Uh, so like the water is extremely contaminated and, wow. water, and the same water is, people use it and animals use it used for agriculture what yeah. are always talking about <laughs> and people eat the same vegetables again even in the urban towns where they have access to clean water but they end up eating the same vegetables yeah I... to industrial contamination it's completely counterproductive yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is going in a circle and circle and for that for this communities i'm developing the sponge technology and where uh, it is more 
focused towards providing clean water for like uh, for agriculture animals or domestic purposes like for bath or other grey water applications not for drinking is all like a low qu- low quality water cleaning yeah more for irrigation than for drinking Yes, yes. I've re- read somewhere in an article that you wrote about uh, you spoke about nano coatings for uh, your polymer nano composite sponges uh, for yes. bacteria removal. Um can you maybe t- uh, tell me a little bit more about these nano coatings that you um mentioned for specifically for bacteria removal with your sponges? So like right now we are looking into biocidal activity like there are like very well like established coatings like for example silver zinc copper oh, they yeah. all, they have excellent biocidal properties mm. so we are trying to use but we haven't been able to use them because at a larger amounts they are also lethal to the human dna i see yeah yeah, yeah. but if they are in the form of nano material we can achieve the same we can still kill the bacteria at a smaller quantities but yeah they are not large enough to attack human dna like for humans because we are bigger we need much more infections nice. to affect us whereas bacteria right. are tiny so like we can use a nano coatings for that application right but for larger scale use it might still have to be a little bit more investigated before it can be used in bulk Yes, yes. All right. Uh I just want to before I finish off, I just want to ask the final question. We spoke about how the pH affects the properties of the sponge, but when we come to bacteria, is there any um specific optimum pH that the sponge will function in better with bacteria removal or is it still also the same? But what is the optimal pH for the sponge to function in properly? Now like from the crude oil project like we developed this uh, functionalization method where like as you mentioned we are looking into amine groups so depending yes. on uh, optimizing amine groups or carboxylic groups or alkyl groups what we can do is we can make the sponge completely positive charge completely negative charge or completely hydrocarbons so oh, yes. in that case now we don't have to rely too much on the ph Okay. In, the, in the neutral water like the river water for domestic right. purposes, it is more neutral water so mm-hmm. the, like the ph doesn't play a strong role so whichever water the, the that needs to be treated whichever the ph of the water is that will be fine the the, yes. the sponge itself can be adapted to that environment exactly okay, but, but so the ph compared but as you compared yes bacteria also have charge groups on them and yes. we can still catch them onto the sponge but like we can change the chemistries accordingly what is that we need is that the ph responsiveness that you mentioned um in some of your articles so like i was benchmarking it i was benchmarking yes. the pristine sponge like with we still need ph responsive like my other work what it talks about is still i make use of ph responsiveness in my oh, yes. work where at acidic conditions it was able to capture the bacteria similar to oil droplets but oh right that's the preliminary work but to bring it from acidic ph to neutral ph what i need to do is use the coatings nano coating functionalized all right so that's with the nano coatings yeah. okay but for now you have actually the the type of bacteria you've been working with was uh, e coli and what was the other one staphylococcus 
Yes. Uh, Arius. Okay. Arius. All right. And the polyurethane did actually show uh, um, some removal of that or, or capturing of the bacteria. Yes, yes. Luckily, it showed like uh, yeah, high removal efficiency to both. Ninety percent. Yes, that's actually incredible. Ninety percent. That's a lot. Well, yes. this is very exciting. Uh, thank you for sharing this with me. I appreciate it. And I think people will find this fascinating um, because, yeah. uh, like, water is everybody's interest. Yes. But thank you so much. It was so lovely to talk to you. Yeah, you're welcome. And please stay in touch. You are my motivation. I want to hear uh, <laughs> and some electronic uh, imaging, all those things. Uh, Maybe, thank you. Yes, I will definitely keep in contact. Uh, I, I should watch uh, this uh, talk. Like You gave a talk about electronic imaging, right? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm it doing was, a lot of uh, visualization on bacteria project, I need to do a lot of visualization. Yeah, it is like a training course that we had this week. That was uh, this past week. So, um, yeah, hopefully you find it helpful. My my friend, my lab mate calls me like everybody has an expert expertise. <laughs> so what is that? I like. I thought like okay, actually I like visualization. So she gave me a title <laughs> like a molecular photographer. <laughs> That's no, great. No, no, how to live up to that name. So I'll come to you to quote my <laughs> You're more than welcome. Please do. We love to train people. So perfect. Well enjoy your day, Pavani. You Stay too. safe. Bye-bye. I really hope you enjoyed this talk. Please let me know if there's any comments or questions. You know you're welcome to email me. The Polymer Science email address is in the show notes, as well as any additional information about our guests. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and have a good day.